How is everybody doing this morning? Say a loud amen if you're doing good. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's just have a word of prayer before we do anything else and just uh, ask uh, God to be with us today. Father, thank you so much. We love you, Lord. We praise you for this opportunity to come together. Lord, I, I ask uh, as we open your word that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, uh, Lord, I, I pray our focus would be on you and, and not on me or anyone else. Thank you. Thank you for blessing us, Lord, so much with the gift, your special gift, Lord, to us. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we all love Christmas, don't we? That special time of the year. You know, it's a, it's a real special time of uh, uh, visit our families. You know, we give, we receive gifts, we, uh, we get involved in the community, in the church, and meeting the needs of others. But too often, you know, I've, I find myself thinking about all the things I'm doing and not, not about the most significant thing. And so sometimes I diminish why we're really here. You know, in my, in my thinking sometimes I know, but I don't share it with others. And that, of course, is a, the, the greatest gift we can ever give, and that's, and that's uh, our salvation. Uh, through Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. It is the greatest gift we can ever receive. Amen? Amen. And the scripture says in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The sinless God made manifest in the flesh, Jesus. He took upon himself the sins of mankind, that we, by faith, receive him and may be right with him. And through this gift of salvation, we're born of the Spirit. We, see, we receive Christ as Lord and Savior. And, and, and now our desire is to allow our salvation uh, to give us the privilege of serving him with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our souls. So we're celebrating the birth of the Christ child, Emmanuel. God with us. The one who God gave to give us new life in Christ. The one who freely gave of his own life, Jesus, that, that we may be saved by grace through our faith. And we read in, in uh, uh, Matthew chapter 1, verses get this right here. 
All right, yeah, we, we read in Matthew chapter 1, uh, verses 18 to 25. Now, the birth of Jesus was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph because they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and his name shall be Jesus. He'll save you from the people from their sins. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded. And he took Mary as his wife, but kept her virgin until she gave birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? The look on Joseph's face when an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream to tell him that Mary was pregnant, being a righteous man and, and, and not wanting to really disgrace her, he, he considered privately sending her away. But after Joseph woke up from his dream, the angel commanded him, and, and Joseph obediently did what the angel said, and he married Mary. Joseph never questioned the angel's command to marry Mary. He demonstrated great faith in God. As a young learner, he eagerly waited on the coming of the Messiah. And so we look at Joseph and we see a, a, a disciple of Jesus a learner of Jesus. So how would you define a disciple of Jesus? In your outline, you see up here that it says this. A disciple of Jesus is best defined as a learner. All who are followers of Jesus are his lifelong students. You see, when we first became a disciple, we're just like a newborn baby, totally dependent on our parents. Gradually, uh, you know, we, we learn to walk, we learn to talk, we learn to take care of ourselves, and then even to take care of others. And it's the same way when you are a, a new creature in Christ. You gradually grow as a disciple, and, and uh, you're dependent upon your disciple-maker, and, and through this whole process, one day you'll be discipling someone yourself in this process that we call multiplication. There's 
There's three uh, really important characteristics of a disciple maker that I want to share with you. The first is this. You are meeting regularly with your disciple. He loved each one of us more than he loved himself. So a disciple maker, uh, it's important that, that we meet regularly with, with, with the disciple. And he spends quality time with him and patiently mentoring him or her. He pours out his life for them. He does whatever it takes to make that disciple truly strong in the Lord. So if in your, in your outline you'll see first that you're meeting uh, regularly with a strong disciple maker who loves you in the same way Jesus loved us, unconditionally and sacrificially. The second characteristic of a disciple maker is, is this, one who will teach you to pray and to trust in God in all things. You see, communication is a, a very significant part. It's an important part of the discipleship process. And, and we all heard it a hundred times, but unfortunately, we don't, we don't do it a hundred times. We communicate with God through our prayers, and he communicates with us through the Word of God. And our prayers are not self-centered prayers, but they're Christ-centered prayers, and and uh, we learn to adore him, confess our sins to him, thank him, and bring our needs before him. The third area of, of uh, characteristic of a disciple maker is, uh, 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 excuse me, so the second area is one who will teach you to pray and trust God. And the third area of, of, a, of a, a characteristic of a disciple maker is, is one who will teach you God's word and hold you accountable, not just to know God's word, but so much more important is to live it as well. So these are three areas which are very important. And if we were to summarize these areas we could see that discipleship is not just something that is taught. So many times we think of discipleship as you sit down and you meet with your disciple maker and you learn God's, you know, that he teaches you God's words. See you next week. That's not discipleship, friends. That is not discipleship. That is learning God's word. But a discipleship is something that is caught, not something that is just taught. And so the early disciples observed how Jesus lived. They had a great coach in Jesus. He, he walked with them, you know, he talked with them. He was always loving them, even when they were disobedient. You see, he was a living word and was an example by by living that crucified life, even before he went to the cross. His whole life 
was, was a life of giving, not a life of receiving. He walked his talk. And he wants us to do the same. It takes a lot of time. It takes wisdom. It takes patience to make and to uh, be a disciple. An abundance of sacrifice for his glory. It takes commitment. It takes a deep desire to put Jesus before anyone or anything. The Pharisees uh, knew God's law, but they sure were not disciples of Jesus. In great anger, we're told in Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 to, to 38, he, they, they asked Jesus because they, were, they, they wanted to twist, twist their, uh, his words, if you would. So, uh, and, and, but they didn't realize that Jesus just had this conversation with the Sadducees and, and basically, you know, who didn't believe in a resurrection. And Jesus said to them, uh, he, he showed them what a true disciple was, and now he's going to do it to the uh, Pharisees as well when he says, uh, they ask him, they say, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, this is the great and foremost commandment. So Jesus makes it clear to the disciples, to be his disciple, you must love him with all your heart, the same way that he loved you. He makes it clear to uh, the Pharisees, and just like he, he tells you and I the same thing, and he commands every one of us to make disciples. And this is the beginning of what we call the Great Commission. It begins with each one of us loving Jesus. That's how, that's how a disciple is made, is through demonstrating his love to others. I have a little problem with my, there you go, all right. I'm so, gl so glad we're a small church, and you can laugh, it's okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, so, and so we see that uh, he goes on, uh, the, and, and, and he answers them two ways. First, he tells them to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then he says, uh, the second part of it is uh, of the Great Commission. It's to love God with, with all of your heart and soul and mind. And he says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and prophets. And so what Jesus is really saying here is this. You know, the same way that I loved you, and now as my disciple, you love me, you are to love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? And uh, basically, he's, he's asking them to love their neighbor. But so many times, we, we forget about who our neighbor is. We think it's maybe just our neighbor next door. 
Sometimes it could be a family member. Sometimes it's that, that coworker who makes it so difficult for you. Sometimes it is our neighbor who seems to be criticizing every little thing that you do to your property. Sometimes it's, it could even be someone who hates God so much that they just like to wipe us out. They're all our neighbor. And so loving your neighbor as yourself really suggests that we are to be just as motivated to serve others as we are to meet our own basic needs. This is a very high calling and demands self-sacrifice and unconditional love. It is the same love that God uh, had for us when he sent Jesus into the world to ultimately die that criminal's death on that cross for your sins and for mine. As we love others, uh, we are really saying this, Lord, whatever it takes, wherever you send me, whatever you want me to do, I am yours. And so if you're, you're filling out uh, uh, the, the outline here, it says this, as the Lord has loved us, and we now love him back, he commands all of his disciples to love one another in the same manner he loves us. And after the resurrection, uh, Jesus gave his disciples this mandate in Matthew chapter 28, 18 to 20. He said to this, all authority has been given to me. on heaven and in earth, in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So he tells us this, he says, go, Make disciples of all nations. Baptize them. Teach them to obey. And he promises that wherever he send us, he'll be right with us. But what does it mean to go? All of us are commanded to make disciples. We are all called to be part of a team to help make disciples both here and throughout the whole world. Some are called to go to other nations. Not all of us are called to go to other nations, but some are. And, but we're all a team. We are all a team. And, and those that are called to other nations uh, are dependent on, on God to work through the prayers of, of that team and, and uh, provide finances and help in any way they could because we are all doing this together. We need one another, don't we, as we make disciples. So in your outline, it says, the Lord gave the Great Commission to let us know that we are all called to make disciples in all nations. You know, as a missionary with Action International, 
I am a part of what they call the pastoral leadership development team. So we train and uh, we, we equip uh, pastors both online and virtually. And, and in turn, what they do is they equip others. And uh, God has allowed me the privilege to go into many nations and, uh, and, and teach and, and to encourage and, and, and to coach and as well as virtually teach passes online. I teach uh, uh, a few passes online right now. It's a, it's a blessing. I, I, thank, I thank God for the opportunity. And, and Lord willing, and I believe God is willing, and, and uh, the Lord is blessed in restoring my health, and, uh, and I, I see no known roadblocks at this point, and trusting that God will use use me, and, and I'll be going to India next March, March the 23rd through uh, March the 30th, and it's, it's a wonderful opportunity to go and, and to uh, share your heart with others and, uh, and, and see what God has done. And, and in this place called Odisha, which used to be called Orissa, God has done and a, a remarkable work. It's not nothing that these pastors have done, but God has done it. And so I want to spend the rest of the time right now is just sharing a little bit about that. And, uh, and, and, and we, uh, right here we see uh, Pastor uh, Ranjan Nayak, who is the leader of the ministry, and two other pastors, uh, uh, Pastor Passant and Sunni, and they planted a church with about 40 people after uh, the great persecution. I want to tell you a little bit about Ranjan. Ranjan gave up a job. He, he speaks seven different languages. He gave up his job as a, a librarian and uh, after the persecution, gave up his whole pension, and he lost his whole pension, and, and to lead this ministry. And now, uh, through, uh, through the grace of God, providing the right people, I've been able to help Ron John find board members, other pastors that work with him, and he's doing a, a mighty work. But in that persecution that, that occurred uh, in, in 2008, there were over 500 people that were martyred, and 50 of them were actually pastors. And Ron John and his small church, you know, some of them uh, escaped, and they went to the mountains, and they stayed there for three days. And Hindu extremists and, and Maoists both, they burned down every home in that village. And, and uh, so they had nothing to come back to. And, uh, but God has, has blessed them. God has really, truly blessed them. And, and all that, uh, that, that uh, is being done uh, in that community now, it's amazing. You wouldn't know it's the same place anymore. And, and to me, the, the amazing thing is this. <laughs> this is so amazing to me. Sometimes when you go to countries like this, 
you know, you, you feel like you're being treated like, uh, you know, loyalty, you know. And, and I got tired of it, and so I just told Ranjan, I said, you know, Ranjan, I told all the pastors, I said, the truth of the matter is, this is partially selfish. Because I am so much more blessed than you can ever bless, uh, than, I can, than I can ever bless you. You know, I am, I'm, I, I just don't think I deserve to be here, <laughs> you know, and be a part of what, what God is doing. And, and uh, so you know, that's his family right there. The young lady on the right, if you, uh, right, right there, yeah. She, uh, her name is uh, Dream. His wife's name is Shawnee, right next to uh, Ron John. And, and that's the youngest son, whose name is Levine or Lovin, okay? Uh, and Dream is 16 years old. No, she just turned 17 years old. And she, uh, <laughs> this is amazing. She graduated from high school when she was 16. And immediately she told her, her mom and dad, I want to go back into the villages and be a doctor. They don't have any doctors out there at all. And so Dream right now is in her second year. She just turned uh, uh, 17, and she's at, at, a col uh, at a state. It's not a state. It is a state, but it's, it's a country, Georgia. They went to Georgia because it's a, one of the least expensive places to get a doctor's degree. And she's, it's a five-year program that she's, she's under. But, but uh, I was talking to Ron John a couple of weeks ago, and, and he was telling me, she's just doing so well. The Lord is just blessing her and blessing, blessing her ministry. Uh, and and she's, known, she's known as the little evangelist there <laughs> on campus. She's one of the youngest ones in the group. And, uh, and, and so very thankful for, for uh, the Nayak family. And uh, when you look over here, you, you can see uh, how God's uh, people uh, donated about $45,000 so we can build a... Uh, a widow's center. There was uh, that 13 widows and about uh, almost 40 children lived these past years, and now some of those children are pastors. You know, and, and these widows, I, I have to tell you a story about this. This is, uh, this is incredible. How uh, there was a, one of the widows, she always had a stern look in her face. And well, I can understand why. She lost her husband through martyrdom, who was a pastor. And uh, she watched him literally cut into pieces right before her eyes. And, and she looked, and one time I visited her the first time I visited her, she says, you're just like everybody else. You'll never find another place to live 
like, this, like the Widow Center because she has so many uh, people trying to, uh, that Christians would come and say they're going to help and never did anything. Well, I told her, well, Lord willing, we'll, we'll see what, we can, what the Lord does because you're right, I can't do anything, <laughs> but God can do it. And, but then the same lady, even after we got to the Widow Center, she stood up in front of everybody and she says, and she had a son, a, a, a young man, and, and she rose up and with a loud voice, she says, I don't ever want my son to go into Christian work, ever. And so I visited her over the next few years. And I watched and saw how God was working in her life. And how those tears were still coming down her cheeks. But now she was able to smile. She was able to, to get up and stand before everybody again. And say, God can do whatever he wants to do with my son. And then the son, who happened to be there that week, he got up and he says, I want to be like my dad and be a pastor. Guess what? He's in Bible school right now. He's in a small Bible school right now, getting trained. And, and, uh, and so are some of the other uh, teenagers. Uh, they're getting ready or are in a Bible school. I remember when some of them were this big, you know, and watching them grow, just like young grandkids, you know. Uh, some of you, you know what I'm talking about. You go and you visit them, and you don't see them for a year. Maybe they live on the other side of the country or something, and all of a sudden you look up, you go, wow. <laughs> it's the same thing with, with these young ones right there. And so, very thankful for what the Lord did uh, and and he, uh, also we were able to uh, raise funds uh, uh, to see them begin their own business so uh, they could uh, provide jobs for pastors. There's no work for pastors. If you're a pastor, you know, you, it's very, very difficult to get a job. And so they would work one day a week just to provide the basic essentials for their uh, families, you know, lodging, food, medical uh, needs, and, and education, you know. And, and so they would work one day a week, and now the Lord is blessing us 30 pastors now that have jobs uh, through uh, what we call living water business, bottled water. The Lord, the Lord is so good. And then... Uh, I, I want to point out what a great harvest it is. You know, India has more unreached people groups than any other country in the world. I'll say it again. Any other country in the world. And where, where I'll be going has more people groups than any other state in India. So the harvest is great. There's still... Uh, close to 90% uh, Hindu uh, population. Uh, there's still much persecution that's going on in the country. Uh, 
It's, a, it's, it's not the, the mass persecution, but a pastor will be, uh, uh, will be arrested here. A church will be burned down in this state, uh, and someone may even be uh, martyred yet today. It's because of the political party uh, that's involved. It's the same ones that were involved uh, during that 2008 persecution. And uh, the prime minister's goal is basically to make uh, India a pure Hindu state again. And, uh, and, and so uh, pray. Pray that uh, he, elections come up next, next uh, year. Pray that he doesn't get elected. But he's very smart, and he appeals to most of the, obviously, uh, the Hindus. He's a, he's a Hindu fundamentalist himself. And his party is the one that orchestrated all these persecutions. There's no doubt about that. I'm not just making this up. And, and so pray, pray for them. And pray that the word uh, 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 that will remain very close to the pastors, uh, that they will continue to have as the focus of their ministry the word of God. Yeah. The word of God is, uh, is why God is blessing this ministry so abundantly. This is a picture of actually of, of the pastors being, right now there's, a, there's over 120 pastors in, a, in, in, a, in this place. So pray that the word of God will continue to go forth as they develop this partnership, continue the partnership with, with action. So many blessings, many blessings. And this is, this is where you can see the hand of God working. Uh, over 100 trained pastors, now it's 120, who are literally training others. Uh, and, uh, and over 25,000 have come to know Christ. And I'll say it again, 25,000. And now, now their goal is, is uh, 50,000. 25,000, they met their goal. Uh, it's just phenomenal. And 17 on-reach people group. An on-reach people group means there's no, there's no presence. There's absolutely no presence of, uh, of the gospel in that particular village. And, and so now they've uh, been able, uh, through the, uh, God's help and, 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 and the Spirit of God working and God's people, they've been able to uh, minister, and, and the goal was 14 unreached people groups, and now they've reached 17 and going on even to more groups. Over 200-plus uh, mentor groups, a mental group is like a small group. It's kind of like we have our life's groups here. And uh, I'll tell you uh, uh, a, uh, a, a quick story of, of how <laughs> God just blesses so much. But I, I usually was making two trips a year throughout those years and uh, to see Ron John and a team and to continue to coach them and to teach and so forth. And... Uh, and, and one, one time I uh, began teaching on the mentor groups, and, uh, and, and I talked to Ron John afterwards, and I said, well, what do you think about these mentor groups? He goes, 
I think it's a great idea. I think we need to have mentor groups, absolutely. I said, okay, praise the Lord. So it was about four or five months and I went back again to visit him. And I was on a plane over there, you know, going over to India. And I said, well, he's got so much going on, he probably doesn't even remember about the conversation. And so he picked me up at the airport and uh, we're riding uh, back to the city of Bhubaneswar where we stay. And, uh, and, and he, I didn't ask him anything because I didn't want to uh, embarrass him. And he goes, oh, by the way, I want to let you know that we now have 25 mentor groups. And my, my jaw dropped. And, and, and we are just beginning. And now they have well over 200 mentor groups in different villages. And that's how, and that's how God is uh, really penetrating all these unreached people groups. 17 uh, Bible schools have been established. Now, when you think of a Bible school, you think of a big building or these are small buildings, probably one-fourth uh, one or less the size of this. And every one of those, uh, every, every one of those uh, uh, schools uh, has 30 students. And the 30 students, uh, they have committed themselves to a three-year program of training. And what they have done is taken all the material that we provided, the curriculum, and they translated it into their language. And, uh, and, and so he's, Ron John and his board are getting ready for even a greater harvest. We're looking at other states now. We're looking at other countries. And, uh, and they're excited about that. In fact, that's one of the things I'll be doing when I go back is uh, not just uh, teaching uh, on the Great Commission and the Book of Acts, but also be meeting with the board and, and coaching them as they set goals and, and how are we going to go about doing this and so forth. So pray for me regarding uh, that especially. And I already told you about the, the Living Water micro business and how God is uh, truly uh, blessing that 30 pastors who are now have jobs to provide for their families, and yet to, they're only working one day a week. Yeah. And so the Lord is doing some wonderful things. He's building his church in Odisha, India. Uh, we're, we're, we're thankful. We, we, we need prayer. Uh, they, they, need, they need prayer so much. They're, uh, you never know what's, what's going to happen with the government. Uh, during the pandemic, there was a time when you couldn't even get your currency out of the bank. They froze all accounts. Uh, and now it's, the accounts are open again. But, but, but it's, a, it, it's persecution. Uh, is the real thing. And I, and I know in our own country we have persecution just beginning. You know, and there's many things happening, but yet, praise God, we still have the freedom to come together as we are right now, right here, for God's purpose. 
So pray, pray. And pray for me, as I mentioned, wisdom. Uh, uh, it's not about me. It's about him. I, I've, uh, I always come away, as I said, more blessed than I, I possibly uh, could ever be to have a very, very small part in what God is doing you know, throughout uh, Orissa. Now it's known as Odisha. Continue to pray for good health, stamina, for uh, expenses, for not just traveling, but uh, uh, for the conferences. Uh, some conferences, if we go out to the village, there may be as many as a thousand people there, you know, at a conference. If we're teaching just the pastors, there'll be about a hundred plus pastors. Uh, and, and all that, the traveling expenses, you know, and, and, and the food for everybody and so forth. Uh, also, uh, just the right team to accompany me. And I've, uh, the Lord has blessed, uh, I've been praying that at least one of my relatives would go with me. Continue to pray for my son. Continue to pray for my son because he's right on the border of saying, okay, Dad. But one of my adult grandkids has already said, Grandpa, count me in. And, and so uh, I'm praying for a team so we could also do some uh, youth outreach while we're there uh, as well. And, and so please continue to pray. And if the Lord, for any reason at all, is you know, it's just, just working in your life, you know, please talk to me personally about it, because uh, I'd love to have someone from uh, Red Bluff on that plane with me all of the way. I'll be meeting uh, my grandson at the, in San Francisco, but it'd be nice to have someone else uh, co-teaching as well. So, and, uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm very, very uh, thankful for uh, Jay's life, and uh, he's, he's, uh, he says, Grandpa, whatever it takes, count me in. You know, and that's just such a... You guys, uh, many of you have grandkids. You know how special that is for the glory, uh, the glory of God. Okay, well, let's just let's pray together. Let's just pray together. And, and Lord, thank you. Thank you for this time. Lord, you are so good. Lord... Uh, I pray that uh, the Spirit of God would uh, just do a mighty work, Lord, and in, on this trip. I thank you for these dear brothers and sisters, Lord. I know, I know they'll be praying, Lord. And Lord, so we commit these needs to you. And Lord, and we want to be disciples. Lord, I ask, Lord, if there is even one here this morning, that desires, that you are uh, just convicting in your heart that this is a way, go. Lord, that you would uh, work in that heart. And, and for the rest of us, Lord, uh, that you don't, uh, you're not necessarily calling to, uh, to go. Uh, Lord, thank you for the team. Thank you for the team. We love you and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.